0: Right. Reading. So reading? Yes. Kerry. Do you want to introduce the reader? While oh, yes. Yeah. Well, I chose it because we're talking about being free, and this this is um, Romans 6, which for me is a bit like a sat-nav. You know when you get lost? I get used to get lost, and then I got this sat-nav, and you press home, and there's a way through. It usually works. I'll just tell you, my husband says, um, no, I don't agree with sat so I said, oh, well, fine. I said, they make life easier. Anyway, got lost, midnight, in the fog. I said, oh, yeah, I said, you will. You know, everyone gets lost midnight in the fog. If you had a satnav." Anyway, he got one in the end, and um, now you press home, and there are the instructions. Uh, so Romans 6 is, for me, a little bit like a sat-nav. Thank you. I'm coming
1: back, but not just yet. So, what do we do? Keep on sinning so God can keep on forgiving? I should hope not. If we've left the country where sin is sovereign, how can we still live in our old house there? Or didn't you realise we packed up and left there for good? That is what happened in baptism. When we went under the water, We left the old country of sin behind. When we came up out of the water, we entered into the new country of grace, a new life in a new land. That's what baptism into the life of Jesus means. When we are lowered into the water, it is like the burial of Jesus, When we are raised up out of the water, it is like the resurrection of Jesus. Each of us is raised into a light-filled world by our Father so that we can see where we are going in our new, grace-sovereign country. Could it be any clearer? Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ. A decisive end to that sin miserable life, no longer at sin's every beck and call. What we believe is this if we get included in Christ's sin conquering death, we also get included in his life saving resurrection. We know that when Jesus was raised from the dead, it was a signal of the end of death as the end. Never again will death have the last word. When Jesus died, he took sin down with him. But alive, he brings God down to us. From now on, think of it this way. Sin speaks a dead language that means nothing to you. God speaks your mother tongue and you hang on every word. You are dead to sin and alive to God. That's what Jesus did. That means you must not give sin a vote in the way you conduct your lives. Don't give it the time of day. Don't even run little errands that are connected with that old way of life. Throw yourselves wholeheartedly and full-time, remember you've been raised from the dead, into God's way of doing things. Sin can't tell you how to live. After all, you're not living under that old tyranny any longer. You're living in the freedom of God.
0: Thank you, Kerry, read that really well. Not an easy passage to read. Now, just find the bit I'm supposed to. There we are. It's an enormous privilege to come. And I tell you, I admire Anne. She's got not only visions, but she's got tenacity and faith. And you need, you need it both, don't you? It's no good visions and no tenacity, and then you need faith to put it into practice. So, it's a great gift. So I'm talking about living free. Now, uh, I think that sounds all right. Why am I talking about living free? Well, because it's changed my life, so I thought I'd tell you, but we'll start with Barbados. Have you seen those adverts for Barbados? Well, they look simply wonderful. I'll tell you what they're like. There's um, a long golden beach, stretching into the distance, no litter. And then there's the sea lapping gently crystal clear water, and it goes into pale turquoise, darker turquoise, wonderful horizon, and uh, to a blue sky and the sun. And it looks wonderful. The point about Barbados is it's not where I'm at. I live in Melbourne. Melbourne's very nice, but no sea, no beach, bit of sun. It's not Barbados and for me, the promises of Jesus have been a bit like Barbados at times. You will know the truth, the truth will set you free. Am I still all right? Can you hear me? Yeah? Oh, right, good, that's, we'll hope it's better, right. But the, the promises are a bit, have been a bit like Barbados. If you've heard those, you will know the truth, the truth will set you free. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. All this is a God. And I thought, well, that's absolutely wonderful if you lived there. I wish I was like that. I wish I was there. But I'm not. I know it's there, but I don't know how to get there. Do, do you understand what I mean? Now, that's how it used to be. Um, but actually, I found a way through, which is what I'm going to share with you. So what do what, what do we carry? What is the stuff that hinders us from getting to this freedom? Well, it's what I call our hurts and our hang-ups, and everybody's got them. It's, it's, we all have. Uh, Now, I brought you, this is my visual aid. I brought you the nastiest balloon I could find. And I thought to myself, If they don't remember the talk, they'll remember the (laughs) balloon. Right. So this is hurts and hang-ups. And actually, it could have lies as well. Uh, So you'll see that. It's not nice. But, you know, you carry it with you. If you go on holiday, if you ever found, you don't suddenly leave your hurts and hang-ups behind, do you? Neither do you leave behind the people who are in your head, who you don't like or who control you. They go with you as well. And the lies. So what do I mean by hurts and hang-ups? I think you know what I mean. If you think of the things that have hurt you, everybody's got them. There's actually family is often where there should be the greatest love, but it can also be a source of great pain where there wasn't love, where there was break-up, Children, children can be, uh, children can be great. they can also be, it can also be rather difficult. Remember my daughter, the one. Mind you, she came here and reaffirmed her baptism vows, so I was very thrilled. But you know, you can look like the ideal family. But I remember when she was seventeen, and she said to me, "I'm going to university in September, and I'm leaving home." And I said, "Well, one of us is leaving home." <laughs> you know, so they're not always easy. Rejection, you will know what has hurt you. And what do I mean by hang ups? There you are, it'll be all right. Hang ups are the patterns that come from that. Let's say fear, (sighs) anger. I've got a friend, she said to me, I'm so angry about those lorries in Malvern. Those great big lorries, they go right through the high street. They should never be allowed. I'm going to write to the owners of those lorries and tell them to stop. You know, what's she really angry about? She's indiscriminately angry. Why? She's such a nice person. So there's a whole woundedness inside her that is carried with her. People who've hurt you Sometimes they can stay in your head. Do you know what I mean? They can be there and you can think about them and, then, and the things they've said. And a friend, this week in a Bible study, a woman said to me, she said, well, when I became a Christian, my mother said to me, You she was six. She said, you stupid girl, you'll get over it. Now, she was six when her mother said that. She is now 75. Even by my maths, that's a long time. A long time. Why is she carrying it now? your hurts, your hang-ups, your woundedness, there's the fear, there's the, sometimes there's envy. Other people seem to have got it together, you know. They seem to have a lovely family or a really nice husband or and my neighbour's husband's just buzzed off and he seems such a nice fellow. Okay, well, now he's gone, a little bit more's coming out. It wasn't quite how it looked. Her wounding, she's going to carry that. Well, she's working through it, but there's there's hang-ups, fear, anger, rejection, our little addictions. I used to be, I used to be a binge eater. I'm not now, because I've got my sat nav. I know my way home. I know my way through the patterns, and that's partly why I'm sharing this teaching with you. I wasn't a binge eater all the time. Just some of the time. I was never very big, because I was always on a diet. And, but it was as though there was a nagging pattern that didn't work in my life, that if I was tired, sometimes seemed to overwhelm me. And, and sometimes the only answer to things seemed to be to eat. And I decided in the end I was eating to sort of, you numb pain if you do that, you know. I suppose. And, and what is it, one in four young people has a problem with online gambling? Wow! These are hang-ups, hurts, hang-ups, oh, lies, well, lies. When you don't agree with God, it's a lie. I remember somebody saying, he preached about um, the father of the epileptic boy, and Jesus said to him, do you believe that I'm able to do this? And he turned to us, all, he said, do you believe that Jesus is able to set you free? And I thought, no. Oh, that was my top reaction, was of course I do. But my gut reaction was, no, I don't. I believe I'm stuck. So when you've got a belief, I believed I was stuck. Jesus believes he can set me free. One of us is wrong. (laughs) I'm not taking bets, you see. (laughs) And you bring your life in line with the truth of God. That's how you get set free. Anyway, so we carry this lot. So what are we going to do with it? Oh, lies, i tell you a few more. I'm no good. If you knew me, you wouldn't like me. I've nothing to contribute. These are lies about us. Then there are lies about God. Is he good? Is he good? Look what's happened. Is he, does he care? I know Jesus died for me, but, but actually I think God's gone so far away. Actually, this isn't what Jesus would say. I know someone who says, well, I think I'm a failure. Well, that, that has to be a lie because Jesus wouldn't ever say that tell you how you find a quick acid test for a lie. This is thoroughly unbiblical, but supposing you were able to pop into heaven for half an hour and come back and you said to Jesus, okay, am I a failure? What would he say? He say you're my beloved child. And I sometimes think if I could go to heaven for half an hour, we'd never have doubts that God was good. However, so we all carry hurts, hang-ups, lies, okay? So what are we supposed to do with them? Well, oh, where are you going to put those then? And I'll tell you, the world would love to know where to put them, where you can get rid of them. And a lot, I, I talked with a woman, a Christian. She's been a Christian for years, and I said to her, Well, Jesus takes our stuff as well as our sins. She said, I, I never thought of that. And I thought, Well, if you haven't thought of it, you've had to carry it. Anyway, Um, let's go back to Jesus' teaching. He says, I've come to bind up the brokenhearted and set the prisoner free. I've come to carry your griefs and bear your sorrows. I'm going to give you beauty for ashes, oil of gladness instead of mourning. I've come to set you free. This is different from forgiveness. Yes, Jesus forgives our sins wonderfully and totally, but He also takes our stuff. This lot. Now, let's use the example of um, refuse collectors. I've got very good refuse collectors. Every Wednesday, they come and take my stuff from the kitchen bin. They take my cardboard and paper and plastic and glass, a whole lot. They take it away and they never bring it back. Um, so, Supposing they had a new rule and they said, well, from now on, we're just taking paper and, and cardboard. I said, really? Paper and cardboard? What, what about my, my the stuff from my kitchen bin? Oh, no, we're not taking that, just paper. Would well, there be an outcry. We'd say, you rubbish. Your, we wouldn't say you're rubbish people. We'd say you're refuse collectors. That's right, let's get it right. You're refuse collectors. You're supposed to take all our rubbish. Of course, they are. Mind you, there are bits they don't take. If you leave out an old bicycle, they don't take it. But anyway, other than stuff you're supposed to take to the tip, they take the whole lot. If Jesus just forgives our sins, what are we supposed to do with this law? And the wonderful news is, he takes not only our sins, but what I call our stuff. this hurts, hang-ups, and lies. What does he do with it? Well... On the cross, you know he took our sins. We took the rest. So that we could be forgiven our sins. We know that bit. The church teaches it very well. But does it teach that you can be freed from this lot? How are you freed? Um, let me give you a picture I saw. You know, these sometimes the spirit gives a picture. And you can... Um, Anyway, this was a picture. There was this woman I knew who had a whole lot of stuff, grief, sorrows, anguish, not her sins, we're not talking about those, she, it, which she carried, okay? And in the picture, I saw Jesus carrying the sin of the world to the cross, and it was as though Jesus was crucified on the cross with the sin of the world. And then this woman in the picture was also crucified on the cross with Jesus, and with her bag. And the next picture was that Jesus was taken down from the cross and buried with the sin of the world, and she was taken down from the cross and buried with her bag. And the last picture was Jesus risen from the dead, freed from the sin of the world, holding her hand, and she was freed from her stuff. And and I've got a. I'll explain to you what Jesus does with it. Let me tell you about my my friend. She's a Christian leader. And uh, her early life was a bit of a muddle. And there was abandonment and all sorts of things that went wrong. Anyway, so, and she said to me, she said, "Um, when I'm in a group, I sometimes feel really on the edge And then I begin to feel as though they don't want me in the group. Then I begin to feel thoroughly isolated. And it's as though I can hardly speak. And I can say nothing in the group. And then when they've gone, she said, I sometimes have to go to bed, sometimes for two days. All my adult life I've had this. So I put on my prayer ministry hat and said, oh, you need prayer ministry. She said, I've done that. I've done my forgiving. So if your wound is major and you've never done any forgiving, that's your first step. But she'd done her forgiving and she got her stuff, like me. I forgave everything underneath my eating stuff and I still had a problem. So what do you do with it? So I said to her, well, you know when Jesus died on the cross, he took your sin? Yep. I said, well, he took this sense of abandonment, this, this desolation and anguish, and being on the edge he took all that as well she said I didn't know that was included I said where well, was he's come to set us totally free oh she said and then I saw her I swear i don't see her often but she said to me two years later she said that's never bothered me again once she knew the truth the truth set her free. So, what does Jesus do with our stuff? Well, he takes it to the cross. Now, where's the cross? Where's it? Oh, here we are. Right. He takes it to the cross. And now I don't want it to float. <laughs> so, I've just got to get it tied. Right. Uh, yes this is a bit difficult but anyway right we've got it clear I'm going to set myself free from this Hope it, there we are now it up now what does he do with it on the cross he dismantles its authority he says it's buried with oh blow it's buried with Christ it's buried with Christ its authority has gone it no longer has to rule you There you go. That's what's happened to it. You'll remember, mind you, I once stood here in with wire netting round. This lady said to me, she said, I shall never forget you standing there in the wire netting. I said, no. I said, do you remember what it was about? No, but I shall never forget. <laughs> I said, so that's about deflating. It's about that stuff having no authority. Shall I tell you what it says? This is brilliant. I love this bit. This is Roman's... Oh, dear, this is going down. How does it come up? Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. I'm not quite as organized as some people are, you know. Some people are gloriously organized, and I'm not quite one of them. Okay, but I'll tell you, this is a good verse. This is one of my favorite. We know that our old self, that is your sin, your junk, your hang-ups, your hurts, was crucified with him so that the body of sin, the whole flipping lot, in other words, might be done away with, and the subnote is all rendered powerless, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, slaves to hurt, slaves to rejection, slaves to stuff that rule you, slaves to your habits, your fear, your anger. Really, you say? It's, he's actually talked about death, about death of the old. Do you remember, did, have you seen people be baptised? I bet you under here there's a baptistry. You know, one of those great sheep dip. Oh, well, it still works. It still works. What happens if you've seen an adult baptism? I managed to get baptised as an adult before I married an Anglican clergyman, so I got that bit in because you're not supposed to do it. <laughs> When, you, when you're not supposed to do it, it's Anglican. Anyway, what they do, and I think the symbolism's much better, is you go down into death. They don't leave you there. They Straight up into resurrection. It represents it's saying, as a new person, as a new Christian, it's like having new life and you're dead to the old and you're alive to the new. That's what it says. Very simple. Very wonderful. So what's died down there with Christ? What actually got buried on the cross? He took the whole lot. Um, And it says, so that we can be freed. Now, let me see if I've said all I I needed to. What way are we freed? In what way? Well, we're freed from its authority. Now, let me see. With sin, you are forgiven. That's one thing. With hurt's hang-ups, you're freed from its authority. It doesn't change your history, but it changes its effect in your life. Now, if something has authority over you, you have to obey it. If something no longer has authority over you, you are freed from its authority. Um, let me have a think. Well, you could have an old employer you didn't like, and you had to work for them, and you had to turn up, and you had to be there and do the work, and then you left. Supposing they phoned up and said, hey, where are you? Does all this work? You would say a polite version of it would be, I don't work for you anymore. I'm not under your authority. I suppose, I remember, I didn't like school, and... um, At school we had to line up. This woman rang the bell and you had to line up. And uh, I did that. Then I left. And I remember peeping over the fence and watching her, doing her bell, thinking I don't have to come. I don't have to come. I don't think I've improved substantially since then really. But anyway, I'm no longer under her authority. She's not dead. Your old employer's not dead, but they have no authority, which is different from being forgiven. Do you see? Supposing it's true, supposing it's true that your stuff, let's take rejection, is done away with, that you should no longer be a slave to rejection, because anyone who has died, and when you're a new Christian, when you become a Christian, you've died to the old, is free from it. In one respect only, The cross is like my computer. My computer does very, very much more than I can make it do. My children can make it do much more. They can pretty well make it dance. I've come a long way since my first course, which was computers for the terrified. (laughs) But (sighs) there's still a lot I can't quite do. And I don't need a new computer. I need to know how to access this that's been done. Jesus says, I've come, I've opened the gate of glory. Really? I've set you free. You're a new creation. It's not just Bardo's, it could be here, it could be now. Learn how to find it. How do you find it? Well, first, there are three steps. The first step is to know. If you don't know something, you can't find it, can you? If you don't know Jesus will come into your life, you wouldn't ask him. If you don't know what's happening at streams next month, you won't come. If you come and you don't know there are biscuits, you won't get any. (laughs) Do you see? You can't get what you don't know. If you don't know that your stuff was crucified with Christ, you might think you've still got it. But actually, it doesn't have to rule you. It says because... um, The old stuff has been done away with or rendered powerless. Then it gives the example of death for Jesus. I think this helps us to understand a tiny bit. Supposing Jesus was alive, and before, no, before the cross and resurrection, Satan might have come to Jesus and said, I've got a great weapon, it's called death. Okay? Then Jesus dies and is risen. And along comes Satan says, I've got a great weapon, it's called death. Jesus says, you've no power over me now. I'm at a different point. And then it says, Uh, let's have a look, I'll read it to you. We know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he can't die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. It's not death is abolished, death no longer has mastery. No longer has control. No longer has authority. The death he died—he died to sin once for all. The same way he lives to God. In the same way, count yourself dead to the old stuff and alive to the new stuff. So how? Got how? Let me have a look. How long have I got? Oh, I've got. I've got. What have I got? About ten minutes. Seven. Right then, okay. (laughs) Just checking, just checking. Okay, so there are three steps to walking free. Three steps I'm going to give you. The first is to know, you've got to know. Then you've got to offer. It says, offer yourselves to God and count, the bit I'm really going to tell you about is count yourself dead to one thing and alive to another. Now, supposing, supposing you had a child who'd been on drugs and had come off drugs, supposing they'd been in prison and now they come home, freed from drugs, set forth, and you would say to them, don't go back to your old friends. Don't go back where you were. Don't even offer yourself to that. Offer yourself to a new way of living. And that's what the Bible's saying. Don't, oh, I tell you what, it says it in the message really well. That's, um, I thought I'd just read you that bit. Now let's have a think. Oh, yes, this is what was read to us. It means to offer yourself to God means you don't give sin a vote in the way you conduct your lives. That's rather neat, isn't it? Don't give rejection a vote. Don't give fear a vote. Don't give your addictions a vote in the way you cut. Don't even give them the time of day. Don't even run little errands that are connected with your old way of life. Remember, throw yourself wholeheartedly in full time, remember you've been raised from the dead. Wow. You've been raised from the dead into God's way of doing things. Sin can't tell you how to live. So it's offer yourself to God. Oh, I'll tell you what. This is somebody who was praying for them tonight. and This is what they said. I thought this expresses offer very well. I am praying that those currently captive in any way, that's all of us really, Um, hear the message and step into freedom. It's one thing to hear you're free. It's another to put your will under God's declaration and walk out in freedom. And it does require that you say, yes, Lord, I'll do it your way. Um, In other words, as the song Shackles says, take the shackles off our feet so we can dance, breaks the chain so we can raise our hands. So you... Offer yourself to God. And I remember with my eating, when I got the hang of this, I remember standing in front of the fridge being rather tired, thinking, "Oh well, I'll just eat. i just start with something innocuous like yogurt, but it sort of went downhill after a bit. Anyway, so, and I stood in in front of the fridge, I opened the fridge door, and a little boy said to me, you don't have to do this anymore. You're not a compulsive eater. You now have choice. And I shut the fridge door and I went in the other room. And that was the beginning. I thought, I know God has set me free. I'm going to offer myself to you. I'm going to say, yeah, I want to do it your way. But now, what's happened to my stuff? Well, if you really remember it's got like this and doesn't have to rule you, then you can live free from it. Offer, And then the last bit, let me see if I've got it right. is is to walk by the Spirit. You know, if you say, oh, I'm not sure I can do this, I'm not sure I can offer myself to God, it all seems too difficult. Well, he's put his Holy Spirit within you. When you became a Christian on day one, you received Jesus and the Heavenly Father, and you don't get two-thirds of the Trinity, you get the whole lot, and he's put his Spirit within you. You may not feel like it, but it's not done with feelings. This is not done with feelings. I remember standing with God and saying, well, if I'm freed, what then are these feelings that say to me the only answer to everything is to eat? And he said, it's like handcuffs you've got on, which are actually undone. You're free to take them off. It's like prison. You've thought you've been in prison with with the rejection, with the hurt. Actually, The door is open and you can now choose to walk out. Your stuff's got crucified. So you need to know, you need to offer yourself to God. Walk by the Spirit. It is not do cartwheels by the Spirit. It is not even run by the Spirit. How do you walk by the Spirit? Well, if you watch a child walk, they go one step, two steps and they fall over. One step, two steps and fall over. And you don't say to them, oh, well, they'll never learn. They're falling over. We all fell over, didn't we? And we all learned to walk. That's how you learn to walk. You fall over and stand up again. How do you learn to walk by the Spirit? You might be like my friend who says, gosh, I can see it, and it goes. Or you might be like me who has to say, right, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. And somebody else has said it's not trying but trusting. It's not struggling but resting. Don't think, I've got to do this, because it won't work. If you could have done it, you'd have fixed it by now, wouldn't you? It's, it's, it's saying, Lord, I can't, but your power is at work within me. Don't do it by feelings. Do it by faith. And if you do this, if you go on walking step by step, your life becomes different. And so for me, in the end, I found my way right through this. I found that this stuff, my eating, didn't have to rule me. God had had rendered it powerless. And I offered myself to God. This was process, process, process. I did it again and again and again. And I'm completely free from binge eating. I still have little chocolate lapses. (laughs) If I was really tired... Upward come the feelings. And then it's like my satnav. I can press home and say, actually, I know he's taken it. I offer myself to you. Lord, I'm stuck again, but I can walk by your spirit. I can't do this, but you can. And transformation is like the dawn coming. You think nothing's happening, nothing's happening. But then you realize it is. Actually, the light is coming. This is a way... Jesus has given us a transformation, its ongoing choice. So I'm going to pray for us. Lord, we're so grateful that you took on the cross all our stuff as well as our sin. Very grateful that whatever it was, nothing was too hard for you. It was all included, all buried and all rendered powerless. Oh, Father, help us to unpack it, to walk your way, to offer ourselves to you and to grow in freedom. In Jesus' name, amen.